here. Somebody said they didn't know sound. First of all, we're praying for the family of Galen Curtis. Um, we're uh, remembering her, uh, holding, in our, holding her in our hearts today and praying for her family. Galen passed away um, on Friday evening. So please pray for Galen's family. I uh, also wanted to lift up, uh, I feel like the past few Sundays I've been encouraging us to pray our way through the news and there's always some new tragedy um, this week we're praying for uh, the victims of the shooting in Michigan at, at Oxford High School. So please uh, continue to hold them in your prayers as well. And with that, we will begin our service with our prelude music uh, to center ourselves for worship.
please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who alone does wonders, who lifts up the lowly, who fills the hungry with good things. Let us confess our sin, trusting in the tender mercy of our God. God, for whom we wait, in the presence of one another, we confess our sin before you. We fail in believing that your good news is for us. We falter in our call to tend your creation. We find our sense of self in material wealth. We fear those different from ourselves. We forget that we are your children and turn away from your love. Forgive us, blessed one, and assure us again of your saving grace. Amen. God in Christ Jesus has looked with favor upon you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, your sins are forgiven. You are children of the Most High, inheritors of the eternal promise and recipients of divine mercy. God strengthens you anew to follow the way of peace.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, gives all the people of the world knowledge of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Today we light our second Advent candle. Blessed are you, God of hope, for you promised to bring forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, who will bring justice to the poor, who will deliver the needy and crush the oppressor, who will stand as a signal of hope for all people. As we light these candles, turn our wills to bear the fruit of repentance, transform our hearts to live in justice and harmony with one another and fix our eyes on the root of Jesse, Jesus Christ, the hope of all nations. O people of hope, come. Let us rejoice in the faithfulness of the Lord.
The first lesson is from Malachi, the third chapter. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in for former years. Word of God, word of life.
The second lesson is from Philippians, the first chapter. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. Because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now, I am confident of this, that the one who began the good work among you will bring to its completion, bring it to its completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the third chapter. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Licinius, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated.
Beloved of God, grace and peace to you from our heavenly parent and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The second and third Sunday of Advent are traditionally uh, set aside for us to focus our attention on John the Baptist, the prophet who prepares the way, uh, kind of the ultimate Advent character for us. And how appropriate to be celebrating two baptisms this morning as we recall John's movement to bring a baptism of forgiveness in the Jordan River. Today, we will be going down to the river, in a sense, with Hallie and Alexa to proclaim God's salvation. When John baptized, was baptized by, when Jesus was baptized by John, the heavens opened and a voice declared, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Likewise, in our baptisms today, we will claim, God will claim Alexa and Hallie as God's children and seal them with the Holy Spirit. God is well pleased this morning. Now, I do want to talk about John the Baptist, but first I want to talk about John's dad, John's father, Zechariah. After all, our gospel text introduces John as the son of Zechariah. The word of God, the text says, came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And so let's begin by directing our attention back actually to the psalm for today, which we sang in hymn number 250. And if it's helpful for you, I invite you to pull out your hymnal again and find uh, hymn 250, since I'll be referring to it a couple of times. <laughs> Didn't know I was going to make you work during the sermon. Uh. <laughs> Almost always our psalms come from the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. But sometimes in Advent, Advent, we use one of the gospel canticles from Luke. So if you have your hymnal open and you look at the fine print at the bottom of the page on hymn 250, you notice that it says, among other things, that it's based on Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. Those verses are the song of Zechariah. And this hymn is a version of his song. The song of Zechariah is often called the Benedictus and is traditionally sung in morning prayer. Monastic communities going back 1,500 years or so have sung the Benedictus daily as the sun rises. Likewise, if you were to find the morning prayer service in the front of our hymnal, you would likewise find Zechariah's song again. So as we sang those words this morning, we were immersing ourselves in a river of generations, singing this song of hope and praise down through the centuries. But who was Zechariah? We don't often tell his story in church. Luke tells us that Zechariah was an elderly priest. His wife was Elizabeth, who was a descendant as well of the priest Aaron. The gospel tells us that they were righteous and they lived blamelessly. So these were some good folk. We're also uh, told that they had wanted children but never had any. 
And now they are getting on in years is the uh, euphemism of the Bible. Uh, perhaps we're starting to think of other stories in this moment. Stories like Abraham and Sarah who also were uh, advanced in age and had never had children, even though God had promised them a child. So one day, the priest Zechariah is alone in the sanctuary of the Lord. In the temple, only certain people were allowed into various parts of, of, the, of the temple, including the Holy of Holies. And only at times of the year, special times of year, would these priests be allowed in there. And so picture Zechariah in the temple by himself in the innermost parts, and everyone else is worshiping outside. And Zechariah's job that day is to offer incense. And so he's offering incense in the Lord's sanctuary, and an angel appears before him. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, the angel says. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Zechariah is surprised, to say the least. He says, how will I know this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. Now, you might expect someone like Zechariah to have a rock-solid faith. I mean, he's not like us, right? People with questions and doubts. People who think that God's promises sound nice, but they're probably too good to be true. I mean, Zechariah is a priest. He's righteous. The text says he is blameless, and the Bible does not say that about many people. And he has Gabriel the angel standing directly in front of him, giving him this message. I think you and I imagine that if we had an angel in front of us, that would be the ticket. That's when our faith would lock in. But even Zechariah hears this promise of God and is skeptical. He takes a look at his reality and says, that, that seems impossible. How will I know this is so? And I feel for him. Who wouldn't be a little skeptical in this moment? What Gabriel is saying is impossible as far as we know. Zechariah was praying for this, but even he didn't think there was any chance that God would act. And in a way, Zechariah stands in for all of God's chosen people in this time. God had made promises to their ancestors, to Abraham and David. Those were nice stories, but the promises at time, times sounded suspect. God had made them promises that they would live in peace and freedom, and yet here they were, living under Roman occupation, ruled by a foreign ruler. And Rome was just the latest bully of a whole series of empires to take over their land. They liked those promises. They liked telling those stories from the past. But over time, they had to make peace with their reality. They had to settle and figure out how to make do. They spoke of God in the past tense, but they couldn't quite bring themselves to speak of God in the present tense. They would get by. They weren't going to get their hopes up because they didn't want to be disappointed. And doesn't this happen to us too? When we face too much disappointment, too much reality, we start to numb ourselves to hope. And in a way, this is for our own protection. After all, if you go to the dentist and you're going to have work done in your teeth, you want to be numbed up with some Novocaine, right? You don't want to feel that pain. 
That's a helpful kind of numbness. But sometimes we become numb when we shouldn't. Sometimes we make peace with reality when we shouldn't. Sometimes we give up hope when we shouldn't. I can't help but think of those hopeless parts of our world. And you can think of, in your own personal life, in the news, the one that came to mind for me this week is yet another school shooting. Do we just give up hope? Do we just become numb to this happening over and over again? Perhaps we should take some comfort that even Zechariah became numb, settled when it came to God's promises. The promises sound nice. They sounded too good to be true, so he went through the motions. But even Zechariah was a little bit skeptical when the angel said, God is going to act now in the present tense. After Zechariah asks his question in a way that I think is a little bit unfair, but it's the story, the angel says, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute. You will become unable to speak until the day these things occur. That is, until their child is born. So fast forward a little bit in the Gospel of Luke to the birth of John. That baby does come. Elizabeth does become pregnant and give birth to a baby boy. And on the eighth day, it came time to name the child, and Zechariah still couldn't speak, just like the angel said. And all the people around them wanted to name the boy Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, no, the boy is going to be named John. And so they called Zechariah over, still unable to speak, but he uh, confirmed, he wrote down, his name is John. And it's in that moment, when he writes that down, that his mouth is opened and he sings the song that we sang today, that Christians have sang in the morning through the centuries. He sings the Benedictus, Blessed be the God of Israel. He sings a song of hope because the birth of John resensitizes Zechariah to God's promises. We talk about being desensitized, becoming numb to things. In this sense, the birth of John, this moment, this song, is Zechariah being resensitized to God's promises, to the hope that God gives us. The tender mercy of God moves him so that he breaks into song, and he dares to speak of God in the present tense. The birth of John, this song, wakes him up, and he starts to see God's activity to save going on all around him. He sees the promises of Abraham being fulfilled. He sees the people being led out of oppression into freedom and into peace. Part of why we turn to the story of John, in some ways you wish we could just jump to the story of Jesus sometimes, right? But we take two weeks in the middle of Advent to focus on John. And I think it's partially because we've become numb too. We've fallen asleep. And the birth of John and his ministry are here to wake us up, to resensitize us to the hope that God's promises give us. The story of John give us permission to speak of God in the present tense and to dare to hope and act again. Perhaps that's what it means when we try to uh, end school shootings, to resist violence in our world, even though it seems 
hopeless at times. Because we need to be resensitized. Just a brief story about my grandpa. Uh, my grandpa was a pastor in Catherine, North Dakota. Uh, and one time he was doing a wedding there. And the, the groom was this great big guy, farm boy. Uh, and his mom warned my grandpa that he had a tendency to faint. And so <laughs> before the service, she gave him a little vial of smelling salt and said, keep this in your pocket in case he faints during the service. But uh, before the service started, the cap came off in his pocket. Uh, and so the whole front of the church smelled like smelling salt. And so as he tells the story, no one fainted during the service. <laughs> I think that's what John's story does for us, what the song of Zechariah does for us today. And I think that's why, uh, why Christians sing it in the morning down through the centuries. It's because it resensitizes, it wakes us up, it keeps us from fainting, it uh, makes us alert. The story of John is like an alarm clock going off saying, God is going to keep God's promises. Zechariah's song is like an alarm bell saying God's promises are going to come true one day. Wake up. Be alert. Believe it. It's like smelling salt keeping us awake. So as we have the tune of Zechariah's song in our heads this morning, let us dare to hope again. Let us stay awake when God makes a promise. Because as Zechariah experienced, when God makes a promise, God keeps it. Amen.
very glad to uh, celebrate the baptisms of Hallie and Alexa today. God, who is rich in mercy and love, gives us a new birth into a living hope through the sacrament of baptism. By water and the word, God delivers us from sin and death and raises us to new life in Jesus Christ. We are united with all the baptized in the one body of Christ, anointed with the gift of the Holy Spirit and joined in God's mission for the life of the world. First to Hallie's parents. Called by the Holy Spirit, trusting in the grace and love of God, do you desire to have Hallie baptized into Christ? If so, say we do. And now Alexa. Called by the Holy Spirit, trusting in the grace and love of God, do you desire to be baptized into Christ? If so, respond, I do. Sponsors. As you bring Hallie and Alexa to receive the gift of baptism, uh, you are entrusted to support them in their life. And so first for Hallie, uh, you're uh, responsible for uh, these responsibilities. To live with her among God's faithful people. To bring her to the word of God and the Holy Supper. To teach her the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments. Place in her hands the Holy Scriptures. Nurture her in faith and prayer so that she may learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others and the world God made, and work for justice and peace. Do you promise to help Hallie grow in the Christian faith and life? If so, say, we do. And now, Alexa, as you receive this gift, you are entrusted with these responsibilities as well, to live among God's faithful people, to bring, uh, to encounter the word of God and the Holy Supper, to learn the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments, to encounter the Holy Scriptures, to grow in faith and prayer, so you may learn to trust God and proclaim Christ through word and deed, to care for others in the world God made, and work for justice and peace. You promise to uh, enter into the Christian life through baptism. And now to all the sponsors. Do you promise to nurture Alexa and Hallie? in the Christian faith as you are empowered by God's Spirit to help them live in the covenant of baptism and in communion with the church? If so, say, we do. Now, people of God, we've heard their promises. We surround them with our community, and on behalf of the whole church of earth, we, on earth, we promise to support them as well. People of God, do you promise to support and pray for Alexa and Hallie in their new life in Christ? If so, say, we do. We do. Thank you. And now together, we, we uh, confess our faith in Jesus Christ, reject sin, and confess the faith of the church. First, we say what we don't believe in. Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God and all the ways of sin that draw you from God? If so, say, I renounce them. I renounce them. And now what we do believe in. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family, and through the sea you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By the baptism of Jesus' death and resurrection, you set us free from the power of sin and death and raise us up to live in you. Pour out your Holy Spirit, the power of your living word, that those who are washed in the waters of baptism may be given new life. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. You bring Hallie to the font. Hallie, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's a little towel she can dry her head off with. And now Alexa. Alexa, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we'll move to the front of the church. First, we'll say a prayer for Hallie. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit, you give your daughters and sons new birth, cleanse them from sin, and raise them to eternal life. Sustain Alexa with the gift of your Holy Spirit, spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Alexa, sustain Alexa with the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. Now I'll trace the sign of the cross on Hallie's forehead. Hallie, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Alexa, child of God, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen. All right, and then I'm going to grab this. Yeah. So this is a, a little garment. She's sleeping, so maybe we'll just kind of lay it over her. <laughs> there you go. 
Hallie, you have been clothed in Christ. All who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And then, Alexa, we have a prayer shawl for you, uh, a symbol of the way you have been clothed in Christ as well. Now the candles. This can be Hallie's. Would you mind holding on to that? <laughs> Hold on to Alexis. All right. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. And these candles are uh, one way that you can mark this day. Uh, they're yours to take home and uh, light every year on this day. You can also light them on special occasions like birthdays or Christmas or Confirmation Day for, for Hallie. Uh, I tell parents and everyone just to keep lighting these candles until one day Hallie asks you, why are we lighting this candle? At which point you can uh, tell her about God's great love for her and about this special day. So. Let us welcome the newly baptized with the words printed in your bulletin. Welcome you into the body of Christ and into the mission we share. Join us in giving thanks and praise to God and bearing God's creative and redeeming word to all the world. Let us welcome Alexa and Hallie. Well, you can extinguish the candles and you can uh, re return to your seat. That's yours to keep. All right. And we'll continue with the prayers of the people. In this season of watching and waiting, let us pray for all people and places that yearn for God's presence. Hear us, O God. Your, Your mercy, mercy is great. Send your spirit to all living creatures that are endangered. Provide them with shelter and care, and bring us into right relationship with the earth that you create and call good. Hear us, O God. Your, your mercy is great. Send leaders to our nations, cities, schools, and businesses to work on behalf of those who have lost parents, spouses, and loved ones, immigrants, the imprisoned, those living in poverty, and all who are oppressed. Make them bold in their commitments to justice and reconciliation. We pray especially for the victims of the Oxford High School shooting and all victims of gun violence. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is Send your servants to care for those who suffer. Use our ministries and our lives to reach out with compassion to those who are hungry, oppressed, lonely, or ill, especially Denia, Lynn, Kristen, Bob, Sabrina, 
and Graham, and all those we name now aloud or in our hearts. Grant them healing and wholeness. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Send prophets to speak difficult truths, even when they are poorly received. Embolden those who ask hard questions and challenge accepted ways. Instill in youth and elders alike a passion for pointing out Jesus in all things. Hear us, O God. We remember your saints, both those publicly celebrated and those more humbly remembered. We pray especially for the family of Galen Curtis. Confident that your work will be completed, we live in faith until the day of your coming. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. And God, you have called us to surround Alexa and Hallie in their new life in Christ. We pray for them on this day and as they grow in faith. Hear us, O God. Your mercy mercy is is great. great. God of new life, you come among us in the places we least expect. Receive these prayers and those of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to wave or share a sign of peace with those around you. Peace be with you. Yeah. We won't be passing an offering plate today, but there is an offering plate uh, back by the baptismal font uh, where when you come forward for communion or when you leave today, you are welcome to leave an offering back at the plate by the baptismal font. And we will hear our musical offering.
Please stand as you are able. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, almighty creator, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy One, the beginning and the end, the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophets' hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your son Jesus, the word made flesh. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth in his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us. Bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. 
Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. Come, Holy Spirit. All praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel. Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. To commune today, uh, you will be dismissed from your pew to go out the side aisle. Uh, and you'll come up the side aisle to the front where there are two tables where there are empty cups. You will grab an empty cup and bring it to the railing where it will be filled with wine and you'll receive bread. When you are done uh, communing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup uh, in the bowl here by the center aisle. If you need or desire uh, grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just pick them up and bring them to the railing with you when you come forward. Uh, We want to be clear that friends, guests, visitors, anyone who is with us today, uh, you are welcome to commune with us here at Trinity. Uh, This is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes from Christ. Receive this invitation. Come to Christ's banquet. Feast on God's gift of grace. Christ given for you.
Please stand as you are able. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. Most high God, you have come among us at this table. By the Spirit's power, form us to be bearers of your word, sharing gifts of mercy and grace with all. Through Christ Jesus, our host and our guest. Amen.
just want to briefly say how wonderful it was to have our bell choir uh, back offering music today. So thank you very much to our bell choir. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and please join us again downstairs uh, to keep celebrating uh, the baptisms of Alexa and Hallie. Uh, so please join us downstairs for food and fellowship. The God of hope, fill us with all joy and peace in believing so that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Through Christ Jesus, for whom we wait. Amen. Go in peace. God is near. Thank you. Well, here's the event.